0: I'm going to entitle this word, Bethany. And I'm going to break this message down into three, I'm going to talk about Bethany, the place in the Bible, what happened there. I'm going to talk about the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And then I'm going to talk about the pain that entered that home as they followed Christ and what it produced. Isaiah 66:1 says, Thus saith the Lord, Heaven's my throne, the earth's my footstool. What is the house you'll build for me? And what is the place of my rest? I have found as I've traveled this world and and listened to the heart of God, that God has many houses built for him, very few homes. Despite all the houses built for him, very rarely when people build him a house do they ever wonder what makes him at home. And they may have their theology, their denomination. I'm not against any of that. But God looks for a place and for people to be at home with. Where can I I be at home? And it's the quest of God to find a group of people where he's really Lord. And that everything they do is with him in mind. What do you like? What do you want? We don't want to violate you. We don't want to grieve you jesus himself said when he was on the earth in luke 958 foxes have holes birds of the air have nests i've got nowhere to lay my head we could probably do a sermon called the homeless god and i mean that and listen to this on the earth jesus fully god fully man most anointed being at 12 he could have taken the world by storm intellectually his dad hit him for 18 years God would hide the second person in Trinity. What did he do? Probably helped his mother raise his half brothers and sisters when his stepdad died. We don't know, Bible didn't say. At 30, God released him and in three and a half years he changed history. None of his brothers and sisters believed in him until he was resurrected. I wouldn't be hard, too hard on them. How many of you would like to be the younger siblings of the only perfect child in history? (laughs) When are you gonna be like your brother? That would make anybody bitter. Okay, so much for that. And so even his mother at one point thought he was crazy and went with his siblings to take charge of him, thought he was out of his mind from exhaustion. He lost his home, but he found one place in one city where he was truly at home. It was the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now that's important to me. And it's important to me because whatever they had that he liked, I want that. It was not the perfect home, we'll find that out. But there was a quality not just in Martha, not just in Mary, but even in Lazarus, who, if you look in uh, John 11, and the only thing we ever see Lazarus doing in the Bible is dying and laying around with Jesus at feasts. But he said, his sister said this, your friend's dead or your friend's sick. Didn't even know his name. Lazarus was his friend, his friend. All he really ever did in the Bible was die and get raised from the dead. And how many of you know it didn't take a lot of faith to get raised from the dead? The one miracle is not going to take faith. If someone raises you from the dead, you had nothing to do with it. The only time you see him is Jesus is laying at a feast and old Lazarus laying around. Honestly, they're buddies. They're friends. Lazarus never really hounded him with hard questions. Just liked to be around him. And so when you go into this Bethany... And we find Martha and Mary and you all know that, you all know that the story there. And now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and we're in Luke 10, 38 through 42 in the ESV. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now for her to welcome him, he wanted to come. A lot of people wanted to keep him probably. And I have to just ask like, what was there that would draw him back. Why didn't he want to leave? Anybody would have hosted him, but they all wanted something. But at that house, they wanted nothing but him. There was a difference. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, Mary has chosen the good portion, it'll not be taken. Now, everybody loves to give Mary, you know, Martha bad rap, and the worst thing to tell a Christian woman is you've got a Martha spirit. And let, let, me just say, let me just say to start with, after Jesus died, Mary was so paralyzed with pain, she did not come out to him. Martha did. And Martha was a high-level woman of principle. And the fact of it is, probably if Martha wouldn't have been around, Jesus couldn't have found a place to sit in that house. Mary, the mystic, was caught up in heaven. Someone had to deal with earth. And so the fact of it is, in that home, God found three things he needs to be at home. And Mary, he was listened to, worshiped, and loved. She adored him. I mean, it was she, as you later remember, took probably a gift from her parents, this vial of spikenard, priceless, and broke it and anointed him. Only Mary, none of the disciples understood that he would die. In Mary, probably John and maybe his mother understood him like she did. In Martha, he had the order he needed to function. God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of the spirit, but he's a God of order. Martha served him. God won't stay in a house long where he's not served. He just won't. If someone just wants to sit and never serve him and never make disciples and ever do, do what's necessary, that is not going to be enough. Now, like, what Lazarus do? Lazarus just wanted to be with him. I think it's a rare thing for God to find a human that's willing to be with him and not get anything but him. I don't think Lazarus ever asked him for anything. I know that sounds like funny, but there's very few people ever either called God's friend or intimated as God's friend in all the Bible. And when, when Mary and Martha said, your friend is very sick, they didn't have to give him a name. In fact, they said, the one you love is sick. And in the Greek language, it's the word phileo for friend. And in this interesting blend of personalities, order... Serving, worship, waiting. Somehow the heart of Jesus was touched and he could lay his head there. That interests me. In in this, this massive miracles, and you understand crowds of thousands, I mean, harried morning till night, praying, this in many ways became a little sanctuary for him. He loved him. And I truly believe this church is a place where he'll be at home. And I guarantee you when he is, you'll know. When God finds a place where he's at home, you know what the result is? He shows up a lot and he stays around. And as you serve him and obey him, As you just open your heart to him and want to hear him. Mary just was a listener. And yes, her sister got mad because she thought Mary was listening too much and cleaning too little. But the fact of it is, she touched something in Jesus. Can't be taken away. And in Lazarus, that's the great mystery. Yet, in his favorite place, we find the greatest conundrum the greatest mystery, for it was in this house and through these lives, Jesus would do his most astonishing miracle, a miracle that would prepare a city, a miracle so profound that when people heard of it, they went right from Jerusalem to Bethany and they flocked down And the reason there was such a big crowd when Jesus came into Jerusalem is all those that would see Lazarus alive went to Jerusalem and told the story. Now I wanna kind of open up what I believe to be one of the most interesting miracles in the Bible. There's a mystery to this that the closer you get to God, the more you'll find this. I wrestled should I share this and felt I should. So turn to John 11. Like I say, I have no notes in front of me. And so I'm kind of just honestly talking as the Holy Spirit says. When we, and I guess if I had to look at John 11, one through 44, I'd have to title this chapter, why does love stay away? Have you ever been in a situation as a Christian where you're really, love God and you have this acute need that won't go away and you can't find him, raise your hand. I have. Certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany at the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was the very same Mary who would anoint him and wipe his feet with her hair. Now, why did they say that? Because John wants to understand this was no ordinary family. Probably, it was pretty much impossible to be closer to Jesus in this family. And John is setting the stage to let you understand this this isn't someone in the crowd. They loved him, they knew him, they cared for him. Very specific. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. In other words, your friend is ill. Jesus needed no other thing. It's his friend. Surely, if you're ill, Jesus could have just run down there. Surely, if your child is aching, your spouse is hurting, surely God is going to stop everything. Man, you're his friend. And the closer you get to him, the blinder you can become if you're not careful. Because as you get intimate with him, you think you understand him so perfectly, and all of a sudden, he doesn't show up when you expect. When Jesus heard it, he said, this illness won't lead to death. It's for the glory of God. Now listen to this sentence. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. He loved them. They were his friends, but he didn't go. He didn't show up. Didn't do what they expected. And if you haven't been there, you will be one day. We're in the middle of your need, in the middle of what you're crying out for, you think he's just going to run to you. Why? You spent time with him. You know him. You felt his love. You felt his care. You felt his promises. You've just been so certain. And Kathy was so sick with epilepsy. For years, we walked through that. And then he healed her instantaneously in our, in, in our room in devotions. You know, what my question was, hey, I'm glad, but why not 10 years before Like, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Now, I could tell you the story of how we adopted kids, we met and all those things. We understood it now. But boy, it took a rear view mirror to understand. Like, you did it so easily. Like, so quickly. He heard they needed him. And he stayed away. When God stays away, it's not that he doesn't love you is that another principle has come into place. He's going to use your situation to bring glory in a way you don't fully understand. Now watch this. Then after he said this to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said, Rabbi, the Jews there are seeking to stone you. You're going there again. The disciples were really afraid because Jesus was risking his life to go back to Bethany now we know god in heaven didn't risk his life he's god a lot of things disciples were very afraid he talks about we'll skip that i walk in the day not in the dark and so he says after saying these things he said to them our friend Lazarus is sleeping i'm going to wake him up let me just say god's opinion of your dire condition might be different than yours (laughs) like whenever someone died he'd go like when Jairus' daughter, they, they go, she's dead. And all the way, she's not dead. She's sleeping. They go, you're crazy. She's dead. I know he's sleeping. See, God sees your condition through the light of eternity. You see it temporally. It's the end. We're done. I mean, sometimes we forget God says, hey, when my people die, I'm happy. I get to see them. That is a kind of a hard compute on this side of heaven. So Jesus goes, ah, Lazarus asleep. Our friend Lazarus will go wake him up. Disciples said, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I didn't go. Ho, 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 ho. They're thinking, oh, like, that's like his best friend. He likes love them. What about those he don't love as much? I mean, think about it. Oh, yeah, he's dead. I'm really glad we didn't make it on time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What is he setting them up for? What is he trying to teach them? What in such... A painful place is his lesson when it's flipped and you're believing for your wife, your husband, your child, your job, and God just like taking his time. Hurry up, God. Let me just tell you right now, that's the one prayer that does not work. But he's not slow because he doesn't love you. He's slow because he's gonna even do something greater than you imagine. He's beyond what we know. He's beyond our comprehension. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb four days. Now, what is Jesus doing? The miracle he's getting ready to do is to prepare Mary, Lazarus, his disciples for when he's in the tomb three days. There's something at work here beyond just Mary being sad, beyond just Martha wondering, was Lazarus sad? No, he was in glory. He wasn't sad. And so Jesus realized I'm doing something here with implications far beyond one family. I've heard as a Christian many times when I just can't make sense of what God is doing in my life, many times it's because it's not about me in the end. And there are things that God allows you to go through that you can never figure out as long as your lens in is what's good for me. And there are things that God will allow us to go through and we'll wonder and whenever we don't figure it out, many times it has implications for other lives and his kingdom that take a while to see. Now watch this. Bethany was near Jerusalem, two miles away. In many ways, Lazarus and his family were a divine setup to break something in Jerusalem, two miles away. Jesus was up to something. That family would soon have a national platform. That miracle was to make them so famous that people would journey down from Jerusalem just to see it. Many Jews would come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Okay, let's stop here. Mary remained seated. This was the one that couldn't get enough of Jesus. I mean, this is the one that knew him. She remained seated. Didn't come to see him. We'll answer that in a moment, but you think about that. Old Martha trudged right out. Mary would not go. Why could this be? Why is it that those that become most intimate with him, if they're not careful, are those that become the most deeply hurt? So when Martha heard it was Jesus, Martha came out, you know, she, Jesus, Martha plain spoken. Okay, Lord, you know, if you'd have gotten here on time, he wouldn't have died, like you know that's true. I love Martha, told her as it was. Okay, if you'd have shown up, this wouldn't have happened. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now, Martha, wait a minute here. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. This is what I love about Martha. Martha said, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection of the last day. Come on. Now, Martha's a woman of principle. Okay, he died, but you know, end of the world, he'll rise again. But how many of you love Martha? Okay, kind of disappointed me, but you know, you got a better plan and we'll see him in heaven. Come on, let's get some food. Now, I love old Martha. <laughs> Highly principled people many times go through crisis better than those who are deeply intimate. Because they learn, I'm a marching principle. Oh God knows best to we'll raise him, wish he's here, a little disappointed. Let's get down to business. Now, I love Martha. Now, remember, Martha got an answer. Mary's going to say the same words later and move all of heaven for a resurrection. Now, watch this. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, you are the Christ, the son of God coming into the world. Now I want you to stop and commend Martha for a moment. That woman had a rock solid revelation of Christ that personal disaster could not erode away. She just lost her brother he had not shown up and he knew. She said, you're the Messiah. I don't understand. And that is where word-based theology, not the, the, the pools of intimacy must be the foundation of your life. The word is right, even when it doesn't feel right. The principles of God. And as someone, I'm mystical, I'm prophetic, I've got experiences, but My emotions are buried on the foundation of the word. When I do not understand, when it does not make sense, the word is still right. That's one of the very critical foundations being laid in this church right now. Because when God is gonna use you in the spirit, if you're not word founded, it's confusing. When she said this, she went and called her sister, Mary, called her sister, Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. This part makes me cry. Now watch this. Look at me a second. Jesus looks around. Now we know he's got word of knowledge, but he's surprised, like, where's Mary? Mary. He goes, Martha. Like, where's Mary? Martha's thinking, Mm, probably napping. You know, Martha's tough. She goes, um, um. Martha, go tell Mary. I want her here. Now, here's what's mysterious. She tells Mary privately. Martha gets a bad rap, but she could have really embarrassed her sister. So they're saying, hey, where are you? Jesus wants you. Martha's got a lot of qualities that aren't readily apparent. She whispers down to her sister in a very unique act of sensitivity because I think Martha knew something had been crushed in her sister. Reaches down. Mary, Jesus is calling for you. She leaps up and runs to him. You have to ask the question, if she ran to him then, why wasn't she there when he came? And here is what I think happened. When you love God and that miracle hasn't come yet, and there's only pain, and you're wrought with misunderstanding, you feel like you're left with two choices. Either God is not who He said He was, or you are not who you should be. And true lovers of God always choose the latter. It's me, it's my lack of faith. I didn't believe enough. I didn't pray enough because they know God well enough to know it can't be him, so it must be them. And Mary basically believed that she'd fail God, that somehow there was something wrong in her. And when Jesus heard he just didn't come or she didn't have faith and she was condemned. When she heard the master wants you, the word of God pierced through that condemnation. The word of God pierced and she ran to his side. And when life presents, why isn't my son healed, my wife healed, my, my husband healed, my finite, why? It's never as simple as God's a liar or you're wrong. What it really means is God has a plan beyond what you know. And as you trust him, he'll see it. The issue is not that God's different than you thought. His plan's different than you can understand because he has a way you can't See? She ran to him. This is probably one of the most astonishing scenes in the Bible. Here comes one of his best friends on the earth. Only his mama knows him like this woman. She's running to him. Let me get her here. When Mary rose quickly to go out, they followed her. Supposing she was going to the tomb to weep. She jumps up and the whole crowd follows her. The secret life can draw the greatest cloud. Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him. She fell at his feet, fell flat out at his feet, acknowledging I may not understand, but I worship you. I may not understand, but I know who you are. She said the very same words, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha said the same thing and got an answer. Mary said it and got a miracle. Why? Proximity is the fuse of power. She knew him. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, I mean, this family was somehow beloved in Jerusalem. He sees Mary weeping, and it says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He was moved in spirit. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. What troubled him? The very real pain of those he loved. This God we serve is not untouched by your pain. He's not uncaring. He's not unfeeling, not unmoved. He became you. He became human. He was troubled and realized plans are painful. Where have you laid him? They said. Come and see. And the Jews were saying, this is interesting, see how much she loved him. The whole crowd says, see how much she loved him? But some of them said, he opened the eyes of blind. Why didn't he keep him from dying? I mean, the crowd was just, this is interesting, the theology here. Okay, what they're saying is, we don't know anyone that like loves God, as, loves him as much as she does. Huh. But like, he let her brother die. These kind of things create a conundrum, something that's mysterious, something that's hard to figure out. Let me tell you, if anything, God is mysterious. The more you think you know him, the more you're in for a surprise. He is the unknowable one, other than the revelation of scripture. He's altogether utter, different. His ways will confound you, not that his ways are wrong, they're just at a higher plane than we can understand. You know the story deeply moved came to the tomb it was a cave they rolled the stone away i love martha oh heck it's gonna stink lord i love her lord he's gonna stink you know he's been in her four days that's gonna sp- i just I can hardly meet martha in heaven okay wait a minute jesus <laughs> oh wait before you raise her from the dead hold your nose it stinks i just love martha okay i love her i can hardly wait to meet her jesus you know, I love old Martha. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you, Martha? I told you to believe. <laughs> He's having this really interesting side interaction with Martha. They took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes. Why? Because the secret to a miracle is not in the problem. It's in the promise. The more you stare at your problem, the worse it gets. Just might as well stare up to heaven. It's your only answer. He looked up. He said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me. But I'm just saying this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. He didn't need a loud voice for anything. He's just teaching them something. When he heard these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out. As the story of Lazarus' life didn't take much faith, probably didn't want to come knowing Lazarus, probably eaten up in paradise. Oh, no. He comes out all bound up, unbind him and let him go. Now this miracle was to produce astonishing things. And out of this miracle, and you find later in John 12, nine through 11, and we really, we could start really in John 12, one, and you gotta go all the way to John 12 in there to find out. In one through three, because I wanna summarize this, that's where Jesus was at Bethany, Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead, gave a dinner. Martha served, as usual. Martha served. Lazarus was laying around like he always had next to Jesus. I mean, how you get famous laying around, study the life of Lazarus. Laying dead, laying around. Okay, what can I say? Maybe there's something for you just laying around. Who knows? Now, Mary takes this pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, priceless, anoints the feet of Jesus, wipes them with her hair, fragrance, this woman, I mean, she's just gone through the low of lows, she's still worshiping, you know the story, Judas's heart is revealed, hmm, we could have given that money to the poor, he was a thief. But in nine through 11, the broader implications in John 12 come. When the large crowd of the Jews heard that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. This miracle was so profound that it was, it was the miracle to her. Probably hundreds of Jews were coming down to see him alive. Everyone knew he was dead, four days he'd been dead. There was no hiding it, there was no explaining it away and it was shaking Jerusalem to its foundations. Shaking them so much, the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus alive. He was a walking miracle that destroyed spiritual resistance. Why? Because, on account of this, many Jews were believing in Jesus and this miracle sowed the seed into Jerusalem that would come to fruition when Jesus was raised from the dead. The ways of God are mysterious. And when you make him at home, you learn that. I know some of you find yourself in a confusing place tonight. God's not done what you expected. God's not done what you've hoped. For some of you, it's been days. For some of you, it's been years and years. If you were bitter, you wouldn't be here. You still love him, but it hurts you. You know it really can't be that he's unjust or unfaithful or doesn't like you, but it feels like it. So you live with maybe if you do more, pray more, or do something, he'll do it. Could it be that he has a plan for your life that's beyond what you understand? And it doesn't mean you stop praying for what you need. It does mean that you trust that he has a plan for your life beyond what you know. He has a plan for this church beyond what you know this church did not come out of the heart of andrew and carol came out of the heart of god birthed through andrew and carol and your lives god birthed this god did this why does he stay away at least at the emotional level when we need him so much it's because though we know he never stays when well, he leaves us and forsakes us, but that feeling, why is this? It's because in that sense of staying away is the springboard for that which is greater. If you felt like Mary and Martha and there's an acute need in your life, raise your hand and wave at me right now. I guess I got the right word. That's good to know. All right. Stand to your feet. I'm going Pastor Carol to come up with me now. Holy Spirit, I feel so privileged to be here tonight. So privileged to be on, 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 on a ground where you find home. These are your people. All of them have gone through periods, including I and Kathy and Carol and Andrew, where it's just kind of hard to figure why it hadn't happened yet. But we acknowledge there is no flaw in you. You're all together wonderful. All together loving. We also acknowledge although we're weak and yes we sin, this is not about our unbelief. This is not about how some we're bad people. This is about you just have a plan greater than we can comprehend. Let's say this. Jesus, Jesus. I, say yes I say yes to your plan. To your plan. You're all together righteous. righteous. My waiting. It's not about my sin. It's about a greater plan. Oh, draw me close to you. Help me to serve you. Befriend you like Lazarus. Serve you like Martha. As your eyes rove on the earth. Know this church is your home. I want my house to be your home. I want my family to be home. I want wherever I am that you can be at home. Thank you for the privilege of this great salvation.
1: While you're standing there, thank you, Pastor Jim. Can we give Pastor Jim a hand? But I don't want to stop this ministry moment. I think it's really, really important. So I feel like God is busy ministering to hearts right now. And the the word he gave me is that, (laughs) that we've asked too small. That the thing we've been longing for is smaller than what He wants to give. And I I feel like right now as He comes and ministers to you, the purpose of this is to expand your heart to see something bigger than yourself. I feel like for so many of you, this is this is about your families. It's about your communities. It's even about the nation. For some of you, there have been some dreams in in business and in your workplace that haven't come to pass, and and you just thought it was about your business. But I just hear the Spirit of God saying, no, this is about the nation. This is about the nation, and as you press into that victory and as you wait for me, I am coming to birth something in your heart that is of national significance. Of national significance. I feel, you know, I I feel specifically there for some of you that have been battling just a sense of depression because things have taken long, and there's been just a feeling of um, hopelessness coming to you. And I feel right now God wants to do almost like a surgical procedure to your heart. And He wants to just strip that depression away. So right now in Jesus' name, I just speak to that. Thank you, Father. I speak to every lie of the enemy that has spoken into these hearts and I say, you must go right now. You must go right now. There he goes. There he goes. I see him leaving some of you just right now. Just receive that. Thank you, Lord. I just see it coming. There we go. There's God just answering and speaking into your deepest place and saying, there is a future. There is a hope. There is a future. There is a hope. I want you to hear that as he said to Israel in their dire need. I'm the God that has, that sees a future and a hope for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You're good. Oh. Let's sing this together, Church. You are good. You're good. Oh. Better than I could imagine. You are good. You're good, oh. You are good, you're good, oh.
0: He's opening our hearts to His goodness. He's better than we would have thought.
1: <laughs> Church, as we sing this, I just do feel like there's a, there's a spiritual anointing right here to break just uh, senses of depression, hopelessness, feelings like things are not happening, a sense of powerlessness. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord.
0: Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from, oh, he's my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where Oh, uh-huh. You're never gonna let. you oh. never gonna let. you never gonna let me down. No, never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. Oh, no. no, you never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna you never gonna. you let me down. you never gonna let. you down, never gonna let you never gonna let. you down, never gonna let You are good. You are good. You're good.
1: as we close, I just feel like, you know, Pastor Jim released that word about fertility in this place. I feel like there, there are some people here you're believing for a child and that hasn't been coming. If that's you, I would love us to pray for you. Is there anyone here that is true for you and you're willing to put your hand up? Is there anyone who would like us to pray for that? Awesome. Guys, just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. people people around these people, can you just turn to them? And can we just believe for a miracle for them today? Can we believe for that? Let's go after what God said. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we believe your goodness, Lord God. We believe in your power, Lord God. And right now in Jesus' name, we speak to these bodies and we say, conceive in Jesus' name conceive in jesus name we just speak to this, these couples and say this is your time in jesus name holy spirit come upon them we know you are the author of life and right now we just speak life life new life into these bodies in jesus name we declare children for these ones children for these ones thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord, thank you, lord our custom to have you test it out, but we know there is no way to test it right now. But we trust in you will test it in time and come with the testimony. Can we give the Lord a hand? Thank you, Lord. Second of all, some of you are believing for breakthrough in your businesses and you felt like it's taken longer than it should. Who's that? Just raise raise your hands. Fantastic. we are got to believe for this breakthrough now. Why not? Because He's a God of breakthrough. He can do all things. So right now in Jesus' name, just lay your hands on these people with their hands up, raised. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. That's good music. Good breakthrough music. Thank you, Lord. Right now we just declare breakthrough in these businesses. Contracts, open doors, new relationships, we declare um, those things that I'm seeing in my mind, we declare those things over these, these businesses, Lord God, quotes coming through, Lord God, payments made, thank you, Father God, contracts given, thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we declare this over these lives, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father ha ha and a faith i pray a new gift of faith into these lives in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord let's finish with that